Oh, we're up and humming for a Saturday morning, Adelaide. It is the Dead Set Legends. Three different hosts, three different states. Can you believe it? It's the first day of the new financial year, and I've got two cohorts that are just really worried about filling their own pockets, and they're everywhere but here in Adelaide with me. What is going on? As I say hello to Callum Ferguson, who just literally jumped off the TV. He's dominating the ashes. Hello, mate. Hello, mates. And, uh, yes, it's uh, it's... Not unlike us to find ourselves apart on a Saturday morning, but we get it done, don't we? We do the business every week, and my understanding is it's another wonderful day in Adelaide on a Saturday for Dead Set Legends. It is, mate. The sun is shining, as it is up in Queensland where Rocky finds himself. Hello, Tom Rockliffe. Yes, good morning. Good morning, Adelaide. Yes, uh, big game Thursday night. Brisbane outstanding, and then a good, good game of footy last night that ended in a draw. Well, just speaking of that, because we haven't heard you on the airwaves here since Thursday night, and you actually weren't meant to be on air on Thursday calling the footy, but somehow That's at right. halftime you wedged yourself in there. Is that right? Yeah, well, uh, you and Giles, the boss of Triple M footy, cricket, and uh, rugby league, he does all the scheduling. He came to me um, sort of halfway through the first quarter. He knew I wasn't on air that, that night, and he said, can you come on at halftime? It's a bit of a boring game, and I went on, and yeah, probably shouldn't have. Well, Fergus, <laughs> we've got a few things to replay in the 10 o'clock hour because of that, and uh, well, one man that didn't miss it was Bernie Vince. My phone has blown up from him this morning. He goes, you must get that on the air. <laughs> I think everyone's phone, apart from Rocky's, blew up that night. <laughs> You've got to get the audio. Went into the archives and didn't uh, resurface because, yeah, I, I don't recall a great deal of what I actually said. So. That's a bit of brain fog, mate. That's a bit of a flu going around. <laughs> it might be the uh, <laughs> the long COVID. <laughs> oh, hey, boys, Matty Nix is going to join us after 11 o'clock. It's a big How day good. for the Adelaide Footy Club today, obviously taking on the North Melbourne boys. And, uh, yeah, so good to have the head coach on game day. Yeah, it yeah, certainly it is. is. They, were, they were outstanding again last week, and, and they almost pulled off that interstate win that we all – want them to have it, but uh, just fell short against Collingwood. But they've put up two really good performances against the best team in the competition and potentially should have won both of them. Mm. Yeah, it was tough to watch them go down in that way. I mean, it was just such a great performance again, but that's a great sign for them going forward, I think, to play so well against the top team at the G, where you have to play well if you're going to win a flag. Great signs. Yep, love that. Hey, like I said off the top there, Fergus, you're in Sydney, mate, covering the Ashes for Channel 9. How are you seeing it unfold? We look like we're in a pretty dominant position as the Aussies. Yeah, absolutely. We've, um, you know, to be honest, we've we've had the worst of the conditions the entire game so far. To get dobbed on a on a raging green wicket at the at Lords on day one and put four sixteen on the board, uh, just a phenomenal performance. Steve Smith, I mean, he just keeps getting better and better with age, like a fine wine. But um, yeah, our man Travis Head too. Uh, like a good seagull cleaning up the tail with the ball too as well, just coming in for a dry chip on the ground. Uh, good to see him take a few wickets and have an impact as well. Uh, you know, his cricket just keeps going from strength to strength. And the draw last night, Rock, what are we doing there? Yeah, just inaccuracy, didn't it? Sydney had a couple of opportunities late, but another good game of footy. Sydney is starting to play that much better brand off the back of a, a big win last week against West Coast where mm. all sort of records tumbled. But uh, really looking forward to our next guest, so we better get to a, a break. Mark Williams up next, who went into the Hall yeah, of Fame good. this week. Outstanding. On the line, he's had a hell of a week. We've known he's a superstar in South Australian football for a long time and now does it in the national game. We love him. Mark Choco Williams, good morning to you. Hi, guys. How are you going? Ah, mate, we're a super. Don't worry about that. This is about you, though, Choco. You must be absolutely stoked, mate. Tuesday night must have been a real highlight for you. Yeah, it was a wonderful honour to uh, to be included 
in the Hall of Fame, you know, and uh, especially the fact that uh, uh, Dad's uh, name is uh, in there as well. And, uh, you know, so uh, great for the family. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your family as well, Choco. Congratulations uh, on, on getting inducted on earlier this week. Congratulations. Um, the, the family connection really strong through Port Adelaide. You must be super proud of that as well as well as what the family's been able to do there. Oh, no doubt. You know, the Obs, the Eberts, the Kales, there's so many, uh, so many Phillips, there's so, so many uh, families that have been involved. And, uh, you know, as a little kid, I, I kind of played with all of those people. So it was uh, fantastic, uh, you know, to represent Port Adelaide as well as, uh, you know, all the other teams, but uh, especially Port Adelaide where, you know, all my, uh, uh, you know, Growing days were, were spent there watching Dad coach and uh, with my brothers mucking around out in the Oval and <laughs> working the scoreboard, doing all that stuff. So yeah. it was that's quite amazing. And uh, Mark, obviously with that such proud uh, family heritage at, at Port Adelaide, um, run us through some of the uh, inspirations uh, amongst some of those families you just mentioned, but also within your own family for, uh, for your career. Well, you know, Jack Kale, obviously I, I used to be... You know, his favourite uh, fan, I wear his uh, lace-up guernsey to, my, to the game. I'd uh, watch exactly how he played and then he eventually got to coach me. So uh, both at Port and then at Collingwood, so he, he was a big influence. Um, but, uh, you know, the uh, the Obs and the Eberts spent years and years with all of those guys and uh, mucking around with them and uh, Greg Phillips uh, and Aaron, you know, had so much time with them. Uh, both at uh, Port and then at, uh, at Collingwood. So, uh, and then, you know, obviously our family, uh, I think we're involved in 21 of the 36 premierships at Port Adelaide, which, <laughs> wow, you know, wow. The, the number rolls off the tongue pretty quickly. If you think about it, it's, uh, you know, everyone likes to play or be involved in one, but being involved in 21 is just out of, out of this world. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I, I understand how lucky I am being in the right spot at the right time. But, um, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll just, uh, uh, you know, reflect on that for the rest of my life, I'm sure. Let's talk about the one premiership um, in the AFL era. You were coached. There was so much pressure because Port Adelaide had been there and kept falling over at that last hurdle. That 2004 grand final must have just been one of the most amazing experiences throughout your footy journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The proudest thing I am is for all the staff and the players, you know, to stick together. You know, it's easy to fall apart when you're, when you, you know, you fall over at the last hurdle. Uh, you know, we're, we're the youngest team in the competition. We won 16 games four years in a row. And, you know, Bruce McAvaney said no one's done that ever before. And flying into state, all of those things, uh, you know, were great achievements. Two night, two night uh, grand finals, finished top of the ladder. You get three three awards for that. But uh, until you win the, the actual premiership, no one really cares. So... Uh, we, we had to at least deliver that, and it was great that we did. Choco, incredible run, mate, uh, especially in the period of the early 2000s there. Is it is it something that you look back and reflect on and know how big it is sort of right now, or did you know right in the moment how big that was? Oh, yeah, I knew what, how big it was. You know, I was at Collingwood in uh, 81. Uh, you know, Tommy Hafey lost, I don't know, four or five grand finals almost in a row, and... Uh, you know, 81, we lost, uh, having been up at three-quarter time. I, I know how bloody hard it is. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I look now, I talked to Matthew Richardson the other day, you know, 
at the at the event saying, you know, Porter are going great right now, but uh, uh, when it comes to that last day, you know, you have to be up and about and ready to go and deliver. Mark, I, I just want to take you back to your playing days and and. We see that you've played eight games for South Australia and one game for Victoria. What the hell happened there? <laughs> uh, well, it was one of the great days of my life, actually. You know, having watched the Big V all my life uh, and admired them. Uh, uh, the, the first year I was in Victoria, there was a, a game against Western Australia. It wasn't state of origin, so they could pick anyone from your state and... Uh, I was lucky enough to get involved. I think it was only after five games. I'd, I'd made the All-Australian side the year before, so they obviously Brilliant. knew I was okay. And then uh, we we eventually went to the game thinking, you know, how great fight of, uh, fight of Western Australia. But unfortunately, there was a plane strike on and we, we got on eight-seater uh, propeller Cessna uh, oh. planes. Yeah. It took 18 hours to get there, 18 oh. hours. We got there at <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning of the no day way. we were playing, 3 o'clock. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. So bed, bed at about three, and then uh, three quarter time we we're up, but we got run over. So, uh, uh, but uh, one of the great experiences, you know, Neil Downer was playing, and uh, Michael Tuck and Jeff Southby, and uh, wow. I, you know, awesome. I just, you know, Shimmel Bush, all, all these guys that I'd seen, you know, as a young kid, and they got to get to play, and you know, keeping the big V jumper. And then, uh, you know, uh, another thing, when my uh, twin brother died, I went back to Adelaide for a few, uh, for a month and uh, had to play three uh, QAFL games. So they they sent flowers to me and, uh, you know, I was really uh, touched by the fact that they showed that. I, I really didn't know any of those people up there at uh, yeah. Windsor Zilmia, but uh, um, <clears throat> um, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, I got to play and they asked me if I wanted to play in the finals. So I said, oh, yeah, yeah, because you've done the right thing by me, I'll, I'll do the right thing. And uh, um, so, you know, we played uh, a final against, uh, a grand final against um, Southport and got to win that as well. So, awesome. I, and, and then I got to play in, uh, in the Queensland uh, state team as well. So playing in three state teams is pretty unique as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Choco, you spoke about um, getting on a plane. There's two parts to this question. First off, you're still involved at the Melbourne Footy Club. How do you see their year going so far? Uh, well, we've been up and down. Obviously, we've been calling it two weeks ago. We were up by, I don't know, two goals at three-quarter time against Geelong at Geelong. So, uh, uh, you know, we're not too far away from it, but we're still uh, working to try and get that forward line uh, uh, to deliver uh, what we'd hope. So, uh uh, that, that, that's what we're working on. Uh, we're hoping to be great by the end of the year. You know, last year we, were, we won 10 in a row at the start and then kind of fell apart a little bit at the end. So we're trying to, you know, progress uh, week by week and, you know, we feel like uh, our best games, we can beat everyone. And the second part of the question is, I know that you've just got a complete passion for coaching and, and footy. There's a 19th and 20th team and a couple of job vacancies available at the moment. If someone came knocking on your door, would you um, think about, consider being a senior coach again? <laughs> uh, look, I'm, I'm very realistic about where I stand in, uh, in the scheme of uh, coaching, so I'm, I'm delighted to do what I'm doing. And, you know, uh, I have a great passion for uh, coaching uh, and developing young players. And, you know, from when it started with Lloyd and Lucas and then it went to Corns and Treadray and, uh, you know, then it's been Jeremy Cameron and, and, and Toby, Toby uh, Green. And, yep. And you know, Dustin mm-hmm. and uh, all the young guys at uh, Richmond, and now to to Melbourne, I, I get great joy out of it. So, uh, 
and those connections I have, you know, the, the, the text messages and the, uh, uh, the congratulations for so many wide people from all over the place has been just uh, uplifting. So I'm, I'm happy to do that. Now, Mark, now you've got a bit of a connection to the Australian cricket team and uh, obviously the Ashes is on at the moment. Run us through your connection to the Aussie cricket <laughs> team and have you had a few late nights? <laughs> yeah, I have. And uh, uh, honestly, I, I can't believe if you're a, a parent of bloody cricket. It's just so hard <laughs> to watch. Uh, you know, I, I live every ball, every ball at uh, uh, Alex Carey. You know, I coached him for a couple of years at GWS and we remain very close. You know, one of the first texts I got was from Alex over just before he's bloody going into bat almost uh, <laughs> in the ashes. And honestly, I love watching him. I, I get inspired. I send him texts. I, I uh, you know, I don't know. Stop that. F- oh, sorry. Stop that. <laughs> sweet, sweet, you know. Yes. <laughs> some, some of these, some of these straight, uh, straight uh, comments to him. But, uh, you know, we, right. we, we love the, the connection we have. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's been a delight to have uh, someone. But as I said, uh, being a cricketer's parent, imagine watching, you know, a batsman every ball. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, I can imagine uh, what your parents went through. Oh, yeah, God. for sure. You're an absolute star, Chucko, and uh, a much-loved figure, like I said, here in Adelaide, mate, but all over the country as well. So congratulations to you. We're super proud of you. And I apologise for swearing. <laughs> no, <laughs> all good, mate. Don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> Thanks, Chucko. Thanks, Thanks Chucko. Fergus, I know you were uh, dominating the Ashes on Channel 9, but I'm hearing that you had a little bit of a listen to uh, the Thursday night coverage of the Brisbane Lions taking on Richmond. Yeah, look, I obviously uh, keep a, a close eye on our mate Rocky. You know, we always tune into the, the Brizzy games when they're up at the Gabbatoir and um, always expect to hear our man on the on the airwaves. But my understanding is he was pushed from the weekend's yes. uh, cover, uh, the week's coverage on Thursday and didn't get a gig. Um, especially interesting because he, he basically, uh, white-handed champs out of a spot up there. And, um, so anyway, I, I was listening in and, and no Rocky. No uh, Rocky. What's going on here? Uh, I'll know, be no putting Rocky the invoice in. He's oh, usually that. there. But, um, anyway, word started to filter down from, <laughs> from Brisbane that, uh, he, he was otherwise, uh, being kept busy in the Neds and mm. Ladbrokes. Mm. <laughs> Corporate hospitality. Mm-hmm. Now, the next thing that surprised me was the fact that out of nowhere, he did actually make an appearance. Now, I'm not sure, Tomo, whether you were across what took place there. Uh, yeah, I absolutely am. Uh, my phone blew up from about Thursday night to this morning from <laughs> different variants and different states people are in. You know, Bernard Vince uh, banged a text message off at about half past seven. That's the most that's interest, unusual. That's the most interest he's ever shown in this show. So it's quite yeah. incredible that he's, he's all across it about our man, Rocky. I got a phone call from Rocky at about quarter past one Thursday afternoon when he was driving into Brisbane. And um, he just, he, he sounded like a kid in a candy store, mate. He was yeah. that excited to ready to rock and roll Sounds and right. go see his Lions play. He didn't have to work. And um, anyway. I did work. Well, well this is the It's thing. funny because there were, there was, there were angles coming from everywhere. The boss of Triple M, footy, cricket, rugby, um, he's been on the line to us as well, letting us know that. Rocky may have just made an appearance in, yep. the, in the commentary box and uh, made Brian Taylor rather uncomfortable. 100%. This is how he, he just trounces on in to the box at halftime. 
The Thanks. big dog's rolled in. Oh, okay, he's, he's joining us. Tom Rockliffe's with us. How are you, Rocky? The, the big dog's rolled in. Uh, Ewan Giles, who's the boss of uh, Triple M footy, NRL, everything. Everything. It's Triple M. He, uh, he said, come and talk at halftime because this game... <laughs> Is shot. <laughs> we need to get some entertainment, so I said I can wander around. I think it's Ewan as well, not Hewan. Hewan. Oh dear. <laughs> no more. That was it. Surely. <laughs> well, it, no, it wasn't oh. quite it, Rock, because then you. you yeah, there's a couple of other it. bits to come. There was, it was um. There was another absolute. Brisbane champion in the box that night, Simon Black, and uh, here's what you had to say about him. Tom Rockliffe, I found a stat today. You've got one over our man, Simon Black. In your first 100 games with the Brisbane Lions, you know how many Brownlow votes you got? More than Simon. One more vote than Simon Black. 51 versus 50. I had a pretty good career for everyone that thinks that I was uh, a pretty ordinary player. I, I had 40, I had 40 disposals after that. Uh, ten, ten or more times. I'd you were very time. good. You were very good, Tom Rockliffe. We love having you drop in at half time as well. Let's take a break. Oh, so no. Goes in check. oh no. No. That didn't go to air, did it? <laughs> Every single bit of it. <laughs> they didn't need an Amy Clanger. They had it me at half time. <laughs> so it wasn't just the audio value that it was giving, not only just Brisbane, but the whole freaking nation. He yep. was also. Uh, Quite physical as well, as BT yeah, describes. Very handsy. We're not at halftime, and it feels like the massage I'm getting here, Flanners, that he's overindulged already. He doesn't <laughs> hand those out cheaply, BT. Enjoy that. Magnificent massager is the rock. He's really getting into this massage that he's giving me at the moment, and it's shaking my binoculars, and I can't see who's out there. <laughs> so it's, uh, good with his hands during the playing career, and he's kept it up afterwards. Yeah, very good with his hands. One of the great distractors, Tom Rockliffe. Whatever you're doing, you yeah. always try and stir you up. This uh, massage that I'm getting is ongoing. <laughs> it's starting to get a little um, uh, erotic. <laughs> <laughs> what are we dealing with? Uh, now, Rock, please stop. A couple of questions. How were you, um, <laughs> no more. How were you yesterday morning? Uh, no more. No more, please. Please never play any of that. Put that in the archives and uh, don't let it come out. Yesterday, my yeah, understanding was you had a you had an engagement yesterday morning, didn't you? That you were meant to be at. Yeah, I was supposed to go and help the father-in-law move a few things around, but I was in no condition to do <laughs> what, that. What so. were you the moving? Family around? man that Rock is the great family man. Yeah, boxes and uh, some trailers or something. I can't even tell a trailer. <laughs> Normal, so let alone being a bit second second air. I think the trailer got the better of him. Oh, my goodness. On Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Open the top drawer. It's time for Tomo's Top Drawer. Whipped another one out, boys. Topic that is. Momentum. Yep. Whipped another one out of the top drawer uh, today, ready to rock and roll. And uh, this is off the back of you, C. Ferguson, because you have been dominating the coverage of the Ashes on Channel 9. Uh, You've been doing it. This is the... Uh, the first test of you, but you're doing the next couple, aren't you? Yeah, I'm doing the rest of the series, which will be great. I've enjoyed the uh, the first test I've done of the series yep. so far, and uh, yeah, we've had some interesting moments, and it's it's been a hell of a series. Too. Interesting moments. So this is where mm. I'm getting to here. So this is yep. some uh, the top five interesting moments of uh, covering live sport <laughs> on either radio or TV. Because a little uh, peek behind the curtain here, uh, yes. in the radio land, there's a cough button, is there not? 
Yes. Mm. And yes, you you use it quite frequently. You're very, oh, very good at it. Rock, you use it as well, and, and so do I. But um, there's not a cough button at Channel 9. Is that right, Fergus? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you need to be on on your game, and if uh, if... If you can't get one away before you start, you're in real trouble. Well, I think you struggled. And it's not allowing, as I mentioned before, the English bowlers to do what they do best. Well, Broad and Anderson, we know that they love bowling at Lords. They've had plenty of success <laughs> here. What do you make of them so far? Berg, what happened there? Tomo, that was that was Finchy. No, you idiot. That was you. That was Berg. I was getting text messages from mates saying, is Finchy all right? Is he still alive? We know alive? that they love bowling at Lords. They've had plenty of success <laughs> Come on. That's you, Ferg. So, so we lost Finchy two segments in a row halfway through. No, that's you, <laughs> Ferg, under the bus. <laughs> nice, nice try, boys. It did remind me, actually, of uh, Jason Dunstall was quite interesting. Starting to move the ball well. Hasn't always gone as smoothly as they'd like, but... This is the top five moments that broadcasters wish they would have again, I reckon. Oh, that's great. Okay, yeah. all right, so that's that kicks us off nicely. Let's move into number four, which is Jared Healy. Okay, so he was broadcasting Ooh. a game of uh, Gold Coast. Polish performer too, normally. Let's, let's have a listen. But through the week, there has been a lot of uh, interest in the Gold Coast, and the Gold Suns, and they are going to start favourites. <laughs> Had to beat that one out. Yeah, Kids in cars. <laughs> oh, my the, goodness. Uh, third letter of the alphabet, Jared. isn't it? It's quite Jared. interesting. <laughs> so that was just a bit of a slip of the tongue. Oh, he's a Polish performer usually <laughs> too, isn't he? Um, down on the, uh, the boundary about 10 years ago, I don't know if this man was fit for, for broadcast. Um, Brett Biggins. Let's head to uh, Red Biggins, the Triple M Gas World Interchange. Thanks, Jason. Sitting right alongside the Suns bench. Uh, very balanced bench too, boys. Alec Magan is running through there. Um, he'll pinch it up forward. Horsley sitting right alongside of him. He'll rotate through the mids. Matt Shaw run through the back 50. Flanagan is the sub. Uh, over to the Crows, boys. Matty Yench, he copped, the, uh, he copped a massive punch to the head last week from James Boyd. Um, in the SNFL, it really blew him in pieces, boys. Biggles. Uh, you love it. Biggles. Yeah. You sound like you've had your tongue pierced. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had Ken Callender on the band. I, I caught one at footy train on Wednesday night, <laughs> and it's not going well. well it is. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. How did they let him go to air? <laughs> oh, I didn't know who we were throwing to there. You said Brett Biggles. Yeah, I did. I, I definitely <laughs> did. <laughs> Moments you'd want back. Yeah. <laughs> Brett, Brett Riglins, I think I ran with. <laughs> um, this one's a beauty. Jim Jakes. This is uh, quite famous, oh. but uh, struggled calling the races. Going with the Lalaya Roads on the inside, Cop and Eiffel can't go with them. They're in turn behind those between runners. We own a teaching on the inside, Lindell and at the tail in the field we'll give out five or six metres to Boomerowie boy I think we're gone here in front leading the way it's Elia Rose leads by two metres in second placing no I don't think I'll get through this Elia Yatesy where are you we need you mate in front of Elia Rose down the outside trying hard was one step closer but Elia Rose wins second placing we own a teach and I think or on the inside, cop and Eiffel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And it comes to number one. So Rex oh, Hunt was one. better than that? Rex Hunt was one of the best in the business. Oh, yes. And uh, he wasn't very happy with uh, a smoker in the crowd back in the day when he was this on 3AW. Have a listen to this. It's the Eagles by seven points. I beg your pardon. And 
Don't go smoking here, mate, or I'll get you thrown out. West Coast. Go and smoke or I'll start and fart, mate. You piss off yourself. West Coast. Get down, you mate. 11. Carlton Bloody 7. Smoking. You go and never go then. Smoking, you fat crap. The ball to the half forward line, and here come Carlton. Good passage of play there by Carlton. They really did move that ball from You're one end of the ground to the other. With that is just totally unacceptable in a modern society. Smoking that shit. <laughs> <laughs> what about Wallsy oh, piping in for the special comments? <laughs> Tomo, oh. the, uh, the text line's lit up there as well. It uh, has. We've just got one come through. It says from actually Rhett Big Rhett. Oh, what's not, he said? He said, you're dead to him. Deleted your number. Can't believe you've run it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the text line has blown up. Oh four triple five oh four seven. Go again. <laughs> triple M. Yeah, he is. I'm really looking forward to chatting to Nixie. They've they've done out exceptionally well this year, uh, and they're they're taking the right steps forward. Jordan Dawson, he, Nixie must wake up every morning and just go, "Thank oh. goodness he picked the Crows oh. over Port Adelaide." Oh mate, hundred percent, absolutely. Uh, he's been outstanding. But it, it was a pose. We we should go to the the family. We, we've got him on for I think the first time this year. Yep. So yeah, jump on the text line, send us a text, and. Uh, your best question for Nixie, and we'll read the best one out on air. We'll ask Nixie and get his uh, some feedback from him. Oh four triple eight five one oh four seven is the text line number. Now Port Adelaide take on Essendon tonight. Should be a great game. Do you give your boys the Essendon Footy Club a chance tonight, Fergus? Oh, a very outside chance. I just I think that um, coming off the bye last week, Essendon were clearly flat, like just about every team that's come off the bye so far. So I think uh, I think what you'll see is a, an Essendon side that's up for the contest and they'll come hard. So Port, Port will have to be on their game, but uh, I just can't see Port losing. I'm, I'm a huge rap for Port. I just And I think most people are now. They... They've, they've won everyone over surely by now. Their, their ability to be consistent, you know which team, you know which Port Adelaide's turning up week to week, and that's all you can ask for as a fan base, Rock. Yeah, it certainly is. They've been really consistent since after that sort of first couple of hiccups, round two and three. They've been super consistent since then. Their defence is back to where it needs to be, so really exciting time for Port Adelaide. Rocky, as a player, you know, you played your whole career outside of Melbourne, you know, Brisbane and Port Adelaide. Are the games at the MCG, do you earmark them that you really look forward to as a group? Yeah, you certainly do. It's the, obviously the best stadium in Australia, if not the world, 100,000. And you don't get many opportunities to play there as interstate teams once or twice a year at best. If you're lucky, you might get three. But I reckon out of my 208-odd games, I only would have probably played a handful there, maybe mm. eight games. So you certainly look forward to those ones at the MCG. And there's no doubt Port Adelaide will want to bounce out of the bye. That they had a really good build-up to the bye, and now they want to carry that momentum in the back half of the year. It'd have to be pretty important too, I think, to get experience playing against sides over at the MCG that that pull a crowd because you could easily front up against a a North Melbourne in the past and, and be in front of, you know, 15 blokes, uh, you know, their wives and a, and a couple of dogs in the crowd, you know, like there'd be, there'd be some 1500 people crowds against some of those teams. It, playing against a side that's going to draw a, t- a crowd in would be important too. get used to a big game feel and a, and a big crowd feel. A big North. atmosphere. Yeah. It's, it certainly it's on the money. plays in the favor, doesn't it? I mean, Collingwood get to do it most weeks. They have great following, but nothing seems to overwhelm them. Even when they're, they're not performing as, as well as they could, they play in those big games and they're always up and about. Well, the, the game at the Gold Coast, the first uh, sold-out game in a long time for Collingwood taking on with well, the game you're doing today, Pick. Oh, is that who they're playing, the Gold Coast? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Invested in the Triple M footy, our man. Wow. 104.7. Now Send the questions through. We'll yeah. ask Matty Nix up next. Yeah, I like it, mate. Very, very happy. Very lucky to, to have this man on game day. We're loving what he's doing at the Adelaide Football Club. The senior coach, Matty Nix, joins us. G'day, Nixie. How are you, mate? G'day, guys. Going really well, thank you. Oh, that's good. Once again, mate, thanks so much for your time on, uh, on game day. You must be looking forward to playing and hopefully in front of a, a packed house uh, against the North Melbourne Footy Club. Yeah, really looking forward to it. It's amazing how you, know, you get a shorter week. You come off a loss. Um, it can't get here quick enough, to be honest. Mm. The boys are, uh, you know, had a good week on the track. So, you know, more than ready. And it's a nice early game on a Saturday. Beautiful. And Nixie, loved what you've been able to do this season so far. But ball movement-wise, you look much more attacking and you're blowing teams away in the first quarter, particularly at home. Is that something that you focused on through the summer was the off- offensive side of your game? Uh, yeah, we did. Look, it, was, it was really the transition was the key to it. Um, you know, you're looking at some of the best teams and we, we study the best teams in the comp, those sitting up towards the top of the ladder. and They're really taking the game on. I, I look at um, you know, Collingwood, who we played last week, Love the way they play their footy. You know, Port Adelaide, obviously over the last 11 or 12 weeks, they've just taken it to another level where they take the game on and they attack off of their transition. Well, we've, we've worked a hell of a lot of that over the break. And that was, you know, from last year's results and watching those teams, the way they went about it. So there's a little bit more risk in it, but it also, you know, takes um, a lot of speed and a lot of run in transition, which for those, I guess to explain what I'm talking about, that's, you know, opposition getting the ball and it looks like they might score, but we've got all 18 of our guys defending, ready to then sort of trip our way into attack. So it's something we've focused on and it's coming through in our games. Nixie, you, you've brought a couple of really highly skilled players into your club, big name recruits over the last couple of years that have complemented what has been probably a very enviable uh, list from a work rate standpoint, you know, the preparation and, and the, the work rate on field. But the, it's been the way that those guys have settled into the club so quickly over the last couple of years that must be really pleasing because culturally your club's got to be in a really good place to allow that to happen. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, that's what, I guess that's what we take pride in is, is the fact that our culture's strong. Um, we also look at these acquisitions and, and the guys we're adding in that we, you know, we make sure we bring in the right character as well that'll fit our culture. So, you know, Jordan... Jordan Dawson, who's, who's now our captain, and you know, what he's been able to do in such a short period of time, um, it's not surprising. Um, yes, he's performing at a, at a level at the moment that you know, all of us are really enjoying, uh, and you maybe wouldn't have thought he'd probably get to, to this level so quickly, but you know, he was um, you know, a fantastic person. Obviously, his on-field footy is, you know, speaks for itself, so we knew what we were getting. And then if you're talking Rankin, who's another acquisition over the last few years, Isaac... Um, you know, this Isaac's now at home. So he, he's come back to where he grew up. He's come back to be amongst family. So from a from an off-field point of view, you know, he, he's constantly smiling. He's back amongst loved ones and, and we've uh, welcomed him back into our group. And again, you know, a fantastic person who fits in well and um, probably more importantly for the footy fans who want to win and win and lose, he's he's not a bad footballer as well. <laughs> <laughs> Nixie, you must just wake up every morning and just go, thank goodness Jordan Dawson picked us over Port Adelaide. <laughs> uh, no, I, I won't comment. I can make a lot of comments around that. 
not even sure that one was even in doubt. No, we, um, yeah, look, it's the same with every, there's, there's guys that go to other clubs that you think, well, it would have been nice to have him on, on our list, yeah. but that's the draft. And that's, I think that's what the AFL have done really well is, you know, the way clubs are subsidised, the, the way the draft works. It's, a, it's such a great competition to watch because we saw it last night. You know, two teams going at it and you end up with a draw. The mm. competition's so even. There's, there's very rarely blowouts nowadays unless a team's obviously hit by injury, which we're seeing with West Coast at the moment. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good spectacle to watch. Nixie, you've been utterly dominating uh, uh, at the Adelaide Oval, mate. How about we go when we're going on the road? There's a, you know, one win in the column for that. How hard is that to um, address internally with the boys? No, it's not. It's not hard to address at all. We we talk openly about it and we talk about how you know how we can improve that record. Um, but what we do probably look at more so, which we do with all our games, is not the outcome. It's it's how we play. You know, it's the style of footy we're putting out there. Are we are we coming off with our heads held up at the end of the game and saying, well, that we played you know to our, the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. Now, we've done that majority of weeks. Um, unfortunately, not consistent enough. So. You know, in games where we've been up by 30 odd points at half time, we to lose those games of footy. There, um, percentages say you don't lose too many of them. You shouldn't lose too many of them. Mm. And this year, we we've done that. So, you know, the weekend, well, last weekend's a great example. Yeah, we we come off with our heads held high, but we we were gutted. You know, we yeah. that was our game, and mm. um, even the first round seven, I think we played them. Yep, it was our game as well. But they're a great side. They know how to win. That's maybe you know, one of those things we've just got to continue to work on as part of our journey. Uh, appreciate your time always, Nixie, especially on game day. Once again, mate, thanks so much. And hopefully Keezy can keep his shorts dry today and clean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't go there, poor old Keezy. Worked so hard, mate. You worked so hard. <laughs> good on you, Nixie. Right, uh, you're Nixie. a good man, good mate. Luck, Thank boys. you. Good luck today. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Matthew Nix, the senior coach of the Adelaide Crows. Boys, it's been a big week for a whole heap of people behind the computer trying to get tickets to this lady. 13 on Wednesday here at Triple M, I saw 45 grown men behind their computer trying to get tickets for not only themselves, but their partners, their kids, and it was just circulating all day around the M's office. It was quite incredible. People were lining up like you wouldn't believe. Well, Productive. my understanding is Rock had three devices up all day for two days. <laughs> it's Produ- still no good. Productive day in Triple M that day then in Adelaide. We've seen it everywhere, didn't we? Day, day one at Lords, all the members sit there waiting. They queue up to get in. So That's it. It's, it happens everywhere, but uh, we, we want to go to the family on this one, don't we? And, mm. and ask them how long they've waited or, or lined up for something. And yeah. I've got the classic example up here where the theme parks, we, we live not far from them now. Take the, take the boys along, me and Chana. One of the few things I do with the kids, Fergus. <laughs> yeah, oh, we, well, you we, got in before I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're head there. And, and no, summertime at Wet and Wild, if you want to go on any ride, minimum sort of 80-minute, 90-minute mm. wait. See, that's outrageous, Rock. Like, I mean, for a water slide. Mm. For, for a 30-second water slide. Mm. <laughs> it's incredible it's, uh, stuff. It's incredible time to, to wait. So I'm trying to just encourage them to go to wave pools and do yeah, that yeah. that type of stuff instead of worrying about the rides. Is that so you can go to the swim-up bar? or? Well, that's that's exactly <laughs> right. That's where the bar is, in the wave pool there. But, uh, yeah, so always when I'm, I'm there, I'm uh, always drinking responsibly. Always. Of course, yeah, of of course. course. yeah sponsored by Ned's as always. Um, yeah. Look, the, the, you know what's funny? I, I 
Actually, one story that I've, I've I've heard about is people lining up at Wimbledon for the tennis. That's coming up soon, Wimbledon, and uh, look, people lining up from dinner time the night before to get a ground pass just to go in and walk around the outside wow. courts, let alone get into centre court or any of the show courts. That is dinner time the cool. night before. Well, this is what happened before the online booking and the online purchasing of tickets. People used to sleep out the front of Ticketek, mate, you know, and, mm, and, still, and, and little still, booths all over. They still do. Do they? In finals yeah, times, right. they line up there, try and get their grand final tickets and, and everything like that because we know that like, a lot of the grand final tickets are already pre-purchased by yes. corporates, et cetera, like that. So the diehards still have to line up. There's no doubting that. Quick mm. one with the um, – if you, if you do it in school holidays as well up in Queensland, Rocket, oh. there's just no chance. Like right. we went up there one th- – yeah, mum, we used to make mum line up and we'd go on the other rides. <laughs> and she, she was a bloody trooper, I tell you. She'd wait there for two and a half hours for the cyclone for us. We couldn't believe it. <laughs> what a superstar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we love it. Okay, should we do go to the family on this one, Triple? Yeah. Three, five, three. How long did you line up somewhere? What did you do? Did you have to hang around? Did you get tickets to Taylor Swift? What happened? We want to know. One triple three five three. And you won't have to line up. We've got Crows tickets to give away to the best caller. Spot on, pig. How long did you line up? Taylor Swift tickets went on sale. People lining up hours all day. Can you believe it? And some lucky ones got them. She had to put on another show, and the exact same thing happened. Rob, <laughs> if you had told me that uh, we'd be playing Taylor Swift on Triple M. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's very topical, isn't it? Yep. Lining up. And, and the funny thing is, if you got a ticket, apparently you can't get a flight now. No, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. cashed in, they're going to have to drive. But it begs the question on 13353, how long have you lined up mm. and waited? And I mean, I go to the theme parks all the time with the boys. And if you want to get on any bigger rides or anything like that, particularly in school holidays, which you just do not go to, you're waiting up to two and a half hours. Yeah, unbelievable. And that's nothing when you've had three devices up for two days, Rock, like you did. And, <laughs> yeah. and you, I yeah. look back to Wimbledon. I remember going to Wimbledon a few times and I was lucky enough to have a ticket, but uh, driving past the people lining up and they'd been there since 7 p.m. the night before <laughs> to try and get a, a general admission ground pass. So just Crazy. incredible stuff. Crazy. Text line's going off as well. Absolutely blown up. Angus has sent through. Lined up three hours to meet Van Halen in the Pitt Street Mall back in 1998. Would have been a hell of a thrill. But let's go to the phone. Yes, One triple three five three. How long did you line up? Craig from Hawthorne. Hello, mate. Good, thanks. Uh, 17 hours for the Rolling Stones in 1972 at Allen. Wow. Seventeen. Yes. Well, the concert at Memorial Drive, and my wife ended up coming and getting the tickets card to go to work, and uh, we were right front row seats, right in front of his microphone. Oh, how good God. is that? So how did you and, fill in the 17 hours? Oh, there are heaps of people there, so that, and friends came in and sat with me because we got tickets for other people as well. Wow. And it was in the summer, so it was warm, warm weather, you know, wasn't cold, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's a huge effort. Yeah, Gee whiz, absolutely. that would have been so worth it too. Uh, let's go to Nathan from Everston. And Nath, how long did you line up for, man? Uh, nine hours for ACDC tickets about 14 years ago. Yes. <laughs> yep. Where about nine hours for the tickets. Sorry? Where about you, Sam? You, Sam, here? Adelaide Oval, yeah. Yeah, nice. So it was nine hours for the tickets and then eight hours on the day to make sure I was um, right at the front near the stage. Mate, oh, that is good. phenomenal. Great effort. Big Dedication. Mm, love that. <laughs> Uh, John from Port Perry. Morning, John. Hello. Yeah, good day. How are you going? Yeah, good. How long you line up, man? Uh, I was my ex-wife. It was only a couple of hours. She was on the phone for Crow's uh, grand final tickets, 1997. But, of course, we had to head to Melbourne then, so that was a fair old drive. 
<laughs> would have been worth it though. I would have thought, yeah. mate. <laughs> uh, I was very pretty good in the end, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. well, at least you didn't have to do that in 2017. Oh, no, don't. Stop bringing that up, mate. <laughs> stop bringing that up. Why, why would you do that? The one wouldn't have been worth driving we'll to Melbourne for. for. That. Uh, Maddie from Port Augusta <laughs> finishes off here, mate. How long did you line up for? I lined up for 15 hours to try and get Taylor Swift tickets over the pre-sale and the sale yesterday and got nothing. Not, oh, a, not a thing. No. Donut. Nothing. Wow. No. Oh, that's well. It's a, it's a shame we don't have Taylor Swift tickets to give away. Yeah. I know. Oh, so you're in the same boat as Rocky. <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting. Yes. Oh, perfect. Gee whiz. Love that. Who'd you like there, boy? Who are we giving the uh, the double to? Oh, gee whiz. I, th- I think maybe first off the bat, the the wait for the Rolling Stones tickets at Memorial Drive. Absolutely oh, outstanding that. performance. Oh, beautiful. Let's go. Let's do it. Hey, Craig. Hey, double pass, man. You don't have to line up for anything. You're off to go see the Crows in GWS. Okay, thank you. No worries, mate. Enjoy that. Fantastic. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. AFL Newsbreaker, Jay Clark. He is all over it, our man Jay Z Clark, yes. and he joins us right now with all the footy news. Morning, mate. Uh, good morning, fellas. I tell you what, I'm a little bit uh, bleary eyed after another long <laughs> night on the couch watching uh, the Aussies. Just magnificent. That's the spirit, Jay Z. Our man Callum Ferguson oh, yeah. is he not dominating on the small screen? Yep. I've never seen a man look more comfortable in front of the camera than the middle order batsman. Well done, Callum. Far too, far too kind there, Jay Z. Far too <laughs> kind. Uh, let's kick it off right now, uh, Jay Z, with with Clarko, mate. The Roos are taking on the Crows today over here at Adelaide Oval. What's the latest? Yeah, and it's the AFL has really um, lauded North Melbourne for its um, for its approach, really, to the Alistair Clarkson situation, and maybe even to the Taron Thomas uh, situation as well. So Clarko is going to be integrated back into the football club in more of a sort of a part-time role, really. There'll be no game day uh, involvement just uh, yet at this stage, but he'll be in the background working with other key figures in the football department on things like trends and uh, game plans and uh, player talent development and all that sort of stuff. So um, there is um, high hopes that he will be back leading the charge on game day by the end of the season, but potentially for... For the first three or four weeks, it'll be sort of more of a background role. But well done to North. Mm. I think the AFL has really acknowledged their efforts in helping support him, supporting him taking a break, and now a bit of a staggered approach back to full-time work. It might be the way of the future, it's been pointed out. And Port Adelaide, Jay, we've seen him very aggressive in, in the past, but they're on the on the hunt for another key defender. Yeah, and Rocky, you're all over the trade news as always, mate. So I just try and keep up with you in space, to be honest. But we know they've been chasing uh, North Melbourne's Ben Mackay for the best part of a year. Uh, their eyes have been firmly set on him, but it could be Essendon who has taken the lead in this race for um, the, the fullback. Uh, they're quite keen to lure him to provide that real big body key defender, of course. Brad Scott coached him at North Melbourne um, a few years ago. So rather than making the big move to South Australia, what he'll have to weigh up is uh, is an equally appealing offer at North Melbourne, at uh, sorry Essendon. They've got up to two million dollars in their salary cap, so they've got loads of cash. They could make more lucrative financial offer than what Port Adelaide can make. So I think Port Adelaide has got a fight on its hands there. They're also having a look at a Sava Radagalia from Geelong. He was subbed out last night, and a few question marks about his form. So it's going to be a fascinating last uh, couple of months for the season for Port Adelaide's list crew in helping make that sort of a call. Mm. Now, Jay-Z, it's been a controversial topic for a long time for the AFL, but grand final entertainment, have you got any update on that? 
Yes, well, Colin Minogue, unfortunately, has said no, so she won't be doing it, the locomotion star. So a few big names have been bandied out, but probably out of the AFL sort of uh, pricing, to be honest, in someone like um, Elton John or Beyonce. I don't think they've got that sort of budget. So the race is on and the clock is ticking for a superstar. Coldplay is going to be out here in November. I don't think they can manage it. So Colin Minogue definitely out and some questions about who they're going to uh, fill that space. Remember last year, Robbie Williams is outstanding. But yes. a few clenched teeth at uh, the AFL over the big star they're trying to get at the moment. What about your good mate, Nathan Brown? Oh, Dustin Martin, <laughs> you are the love of my life. Oh, Dustin Martin, you've been in some strife. Oh, Dustin Martin, I want a neck tattoo too. What's going oh, on there, Come on, mate. <laughs> Extraordinary, but I do believe there is a plagiarism suit being filed as we speak because there is some suggestion he has copied all of those songs, including mine, which is the Kokomo one, the St Kilda one. So we're going to take Brownie to task over that. He's just mercilessly lifted other people's songwriting, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, we love that. And lastly, mate, what's the latest for the MRO? Yeah, been one of the big stories this year, the dangerous tackles. I think Brad Close has a fair chance to get off because of the way he sort of slowly and safely lowered Francis in some regards. There's no dumping, no slinging motion, no excessive force. So we'll I'll thrash it out this afternoon. and It'll be interesting to see which way they go, but I think close the cat small forward is a chance to get off this. Perfect, mate. Thank you so much. Once again, Jay-Z Clark, enjoy this Saturday. Good on you, boys. But there's a lot of dreary-eyed people waking up this morning, maybe a little bit of a sleep in Fergus. Everyone's staying up late, mate, to watch you on the small screen. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, how good has this test match been and this series full stop to have, uh, you know, watched the Aussies just absolutely dominate the way they have has just been fantastic viewing. I'm not sure how much you guys have been able to stay up for, but... uh, I feel pretty lucky to have been able to stay up and, and cover it for Channel 9 and uh, and get such a close view of what's looking like being one of the Great Ashes series. Um, look, the Aussies, there's no doubt about it, have had the worst of the conditions in this test so far. Um, getting dobbed on a green, you know, raging green, Lord's Wicket on day one. And Lord's normally has a little bit in it on day one, but this had plenty. And to watch Australia pile on 416 and our man, Travis Head, a Again, yep. smashing the ball to all parts. 77 off 73 on a green seamer. 105 is strike rate. Much like the Gabba, Rocky, you will have remembered that one. Mm. We all talked about yep. how great that, that innings was. Well, this was as important as it gets for an Australian side on foreign soil. For him to pile them on with Steve Smith and allow Smithy to just tick it over at the other end in gloomy conditions uh, was just one of the great performances on day one we've seen from an Australian side. Over there. Um, the other thing I wanted to point to here was England and, and the way they went about their first innings. Now, obviously losing the first test, it was going to be interesting to see what sort of plan of attack they'd go with. Would we see Basball um, in the same form and with the same aggression? I don't think we did. They were very circumspect at the start of the innings. Um, they concert, you know, concerted effort to try and nullify the new ball and then go. Yeah. So they actually got off to a, a, a really good start. Then the Aussies started to get up their nose, didn't they? They started to really get it up around their shoulder, a bit of chin music, and, and they fell in a heap and allowed allowed the Aussies a, a 90-run lead. Um, they just comp- absolutely capitulated. Uh, they went from two, two for 188 to all out, 
325. Well, they lost six for 47, didn't they? That was, was the he... that was the stats. Yeah. yeah, like six for 47. And but it sort of seems like they changed the way. Like I don't know. They were and I, Rock and I were talking off air about it, but they were going mm. along nicely, and then they just felt I don't know. It feels like they had to play this baseball thing because I've talked it up. Yeah, and, and that was an ego thing, I think. They, they just showed no willingness to actually play the game that's in front of them. When you've got an attack with four guys bowling 140-plus, and they start bombarding you, they've just lost their their best, their, their fantastic spinner in Nathan Lyon. You've got to look at that and go, well, no spinner. These quicks are going to have to keep coming. If we duck and weave for a while, let's put big overs into these guys because it's a long series. This is only test two. Now, there's a good stat. The Aussies so far have bowled 220 overs in the series so far. And at the start of the Australian second innings, England had bowled 92 overs more, 308 in the series so far over three innings. Yep. That's extraordinary. It's only going to get worse for them if they keep playing this way. It certainly will. And, and while we're talking about that, Fergus, the media pressure over there must be really starting to build on the Poms. If they go 2-0 two, two down, we've seen some past players have some pretty strong comments as well. And maybe Baz Ball's been blown up by the Aussies. Yeah, I think they've that the Australians are asking questions that they haven't faced yet. Four guys bowling 140 plus, um, an unwillingness to put their ego aside so far when it's been warranted to try and get an advantage when the opponents are a bowler down. Um, it's coming from everywhere. It normally would anyway, but extraordinarily over anything we will have seen in recent memory, they are going to cop it pillar to post. And if they don't start to smarten up, they're going to get walloped in this series. I said 3-1 at the start of the series. Yep. I can't see them winning one the way they're going. So um, I think we, we will lord this more in a couple of years. But, and, and I know everyone talks about it, but I think it's so important. But the comeback of Usman Khawaja, right? So he was, he was cooked. He was done. He admitted yep. it himself. So he comes out this second, well, the first test peels off 100. He's 58 off 123 rocks. Ten of those, uh, eight, 18 runs weren't fours, is that make, if that makes sense. So he's hit mm. 10 fours. You know, he's just waiting for his ball to come in. And then Hetty coming in next as well, Fergos. How yep. many do we need? Let's cut to the chase. How many yep. do we need are we going to declare to make this, make this do? Look, I, I think 350 plus will just be way too many. Uh, but I think we're going to look. If, if we get good weather, 400, the Aussies will look for. But there's been very few chases of 230-plus of at Lords in a fourth innings ever to successfully win. So, look, I think we'll push the, the envelope out towards 400 and, and really put this one to bed. England, I think, are shot ducks. I've seen a lot of sides get bombarded by short balls like that in the past at all levels of cricket and affects teams long-term and it can, it can scar batting orders. Yeah. With no Nathan Lyon in the second innings, do you think they'll chase that 400 mark and, and try and have a few runs up their sleeves? Because we know he, how important he is in the fourth innings of a test match. Yeah, that'll certainly be playing on uh, certainly Pat Cummins' mind. Uh, look, Travis Head, and we know this, we've talked about it. We'd never say it to his face, but he's better than a part-time spinner. <laughs> he, he, he bowls really nicely and... He, and Quite often you can tell how he's going to go for the rest of the game in his first few overs. He landed the ball really nicely and, and had an effect. So his confidence is up and, and he's, uh, he's looking like he'll bowl well in the fourth innings where the, the ball will continue to turn more. His confidence was up until Rocky sent off a group text to Travis Head saying, oh, 100 in a session would have been good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Any danger, mate? <laughs> 
Fergus, are you all over the UFC that's happening uh, Sunday, July 9? Yep, well, um, I have been actually, but uh, poor old Rocky, he's, he's had a tough one. He, he's not quite across it as well as the rest of us. Yeah, oh. Sunday, July 9, UFC champion Alex Volodnowski <laughs> takes on Yar Rodriguez and fan favourite Rob Whitetaker returns to the octagon. Alex Volodnowski. Oh, what happened there, Rob? <laughs> you know I'm not great with names. Um, full now, stop. Look, I'm not great with a lot of things. Volkanovski, I think we can wear, but Rob Whitaker being pronounced Whitaker. as Whitetaker. Rob Whitetaker. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know where we're at. I'm sorry. I, I don't know I've where lost we're at. It. Alex Volodnowski. <laughs> Good grief. Oh, my God. Um, Matty Nix is going to join us after 11 o'clock and Jay-Z next very, very shortly. But uh, some very sad news come out this morning about Alan Border as well, Fergos. Um, just straightening up a minute, mate. Um, yeah, tra- yeah some, some tragic stuff that he's been yeah, holding on to for quite a number of years. Yeah. Uh, so, A.B., if you if you're not across it just yet, is um, being diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and um, obviously one of the greats of Australian sport. Um, the diagnosis came through actually in 2016, um, mm. so he's been hiding it from the public eye for for about seven years. And um, look, he's still been working uh, here and there uh, in the media and covering cricket for for Fox Sports predominantly, and. Um, yeah, it, it's really sad to hear because um, just such a, a great guy and so beloved by everyone that um, ever comes across him. Uh, yeah, really tough times for, for him and his family. Yeah, our thoughts go out to Alan and his and his family as well. It's a dead set legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. And we're wrapping up for another bumper edition of the dead set legends. Oh, Rocky, you have got all three votes today, mate. Once oh. again, you've been super. <laughs> oh, no, Unbelievable you've been super. You have been absolutely sky high. Well done to you. No, no, you've been irrepressible, mate. Thursday no. night, that's no. some of the best I've heard. No votes whatsoever today. If you missed anything, you can get it on the <laughs> listener app. And I tell you, I'd be clicking download as soon as it gets uploaded there, <laughs> yes. Fergus. Oh, it was incredible stuff. Oh, man. Uh, I couldn't believe the boss called you into the box at half time. He must have had some sort of indication as to uh, what you'd been up to. Oh, and, oh, and then I've tried to turn all the listeners off by saying it was a horrible game. <laughs> all of get that, on to the listener app, all of that Let's get on, on there the because Mark Choco Williams was outstanding. Yeah, to get outstanding. him the week of his uh, yeah. Hall of Fame entry, just outstanding. And Matthew Nix too. How good. Well, speaking of Nix here as well, so you can head along to the game today. Kids under 14, get in free. This is unbelievable. You what? can redeem your free tickets through Ticketek. 14 and under. This is so good. It's a beautiful day out there. It starts in a couple of hours, so you may as well head on down. And you're calling the game up there today as well, Rock? Yeah, I am. Um, Gold Coast take on Collingwood. First sellout ever at uh, Metricon, or I don't think it's even called Metricon anymore. It's uh, got a new name, but yep. uh, the first one there, everyone knows where I'm talking about at Carrara, so that should be a cracker. Beautiful, yeah, You mate. might want to get that one right before you hit the, uh, <laughs> hit the airwaves, mate. You enjoy that, and you enjoy the Ashes tonight as well, Fergus. We'll see yeah, you next Saturday Aussies. from 9am. Bye.